So when was the last time we had this chaotic of uh, 36 hours in the regular season for the NFL? Yeah, it's been a very crazy last 36 hours. I mean, hours. I guess you even go all the way back to Sunday. I mean, you had, I mean, the the, the Jets, you had, I just, it this last week in the NFL, you have the, the Packers beating the Cardinals with literally no one left. I Just pure chaos is yep. all that's left now. Yeah, now you got injuries. You had the trade deadline on Monday with a lot of, a lot of people moving around. Um, it's very interesting to see um, all the moves that were made, but I'm, it was also very interesting to see all the moves that were not made. Well, and that's, that's the thing that kind of blows my mind a little bit is you have a lot of teams who you might say okay well they're missing like one or two pieces or a team like Tennessee who after Sunday is missing their biggest huge piece and they're just going to stand pat so welcome to week nine LR weekly back and better than ever coming at you from the Limkey man cave this week buddy how are you um I'm good um I'm you know you're better than Aaron Rodgers yeah well no and I'm you know, everybody was like, you know, how are you not so mad that the Bears lost? You know, like, but here's the thing. It's like, they looked so much better on the offensive side of the ball. And and it just, I know the defense looked awful, but I'm still happy. I'm seeing progress with our quarterback. And I'm excited for another week of NFL football. Because, as we were just talking about before we started recording, this season's going by way too fast. Wait, I mean, after this week, we are halfway done. I know, and we, it's we are halfway home. It's sad, um, and you want to soak up every week, especially if you're an NFL fan. Um, so here we go. So, new format this week for those of you who follow along at home. Uh, due to the last 72 hours and, and the nature of the NFL, that there is way too much to hit on for us to break down every single game between injuries and COVID and arrests and. Just you name it, it it has happened this week in the NFL, uh, and, and I think you jump right in. One of the surprises of the year so far had been the Saints, specifically had been Jameis Winston, and that continued on Sunday with them knocking off the Bucks. But again, like a question we're going to ask about another team here in a little bit: At what cost do you get that win on Sunday? Yeah, and losing Jameis now for the rest of the season is is a rough thing for New Orleans to go through. Um, I think that Jameis provided a lot of good for New Orleans. Um, you know, now you're going to Trevor Simeon, who saw some success in Denver. Um, he, he didn't play bad on Sunday. You know, when he had the opportunity, he went 16 for 29, 159 yards and a touchdown. Um I just got a laugh at the leading receiver for the Saints this week. Um, with one reception for 38 yards, a man that Bears fans know quite well, that was a big dud, Kevin White. Uh, he had one reception, 38 yards, was the leading receiver for the Saints. Very interesting. Um, now, what do the Saints look like with Trevor Simeon if that's who is going to lead this football team. I was very surprised that yesterday there was not... A, a, I thought the New Orleans Saints would be blowing up the Bears' phone for Andy Dalton or even Nick Foles. I was, I, I'm was. i just blown away that the Bears are still sitting on those two guys 
And there's so many teams that are in need of a quarterback right now because of injury. And it's like, I, I guess if you're New Orleans, it, you, you must feel comfortable with Trevor Simeon. Well, fun little thing for our uh, Northwest and Northern Indiana listeners. The fourth string quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, Ian Book. Oh, out of wow. Notre Dame. So he's their fourth string. So you look, it, because after Sunday, so if everything had been equal with the Jameis injury, if that hadn't happened, everything being equal, you look at that now, Saints and Bucks are tied for the NFC South, and you're looking at the same situation that you had last year. And it was interesting because we touched on that last week, that, hey, we are one New Orleans went away from being almost deja vu. Mm-hmm. In the NFC South. Right. Well, lo and behold, we got it. But at such a huge cost. Because, listen, I'm not going to sit here and say that Jameis was, you know, a world beater, top five NFL quarterback. Jameis was completing 60% of his passes, had 14 touchdowns and three interceptions before that injury. That is way more than serviceable. Absolutely. And so now... I. You look, I, this isn't just a, well, what does this do to the landscape of the NFC South? But what does this do to the landscape of the NFC as a whole? Because you look, as of right now, the Saints, I, technically they're still a half game back because of bye weeks and whatnot. So right now, the Saints are sitting at 5-2 and two and clearly in the playoffs. Now all of a sudden, you take Jameis away. If you're the Carolina Panthers, now you're saying, not so fast, my friend. Because does anyone think that no matter who the Saints get to fill in, whether that's Simeon, whether that's Book, whatever you want that fill-in to be, do you really think that they're going to continue to play 5-2 and two football the rest of the way? That's hard for me to believe. Yes, they did just go out and get Mark Ingram. So they have a you know one additional weapon there. But you're looking at a team now who I think is very, very one-dimensional. Yeah, and I think that if you look at it from, you know, looking at both sides of the ball, the Saints are very good on the defensive side of the ball. Um, they were able to hold down. Um, I, I understand you still give up 375 passing yards to Tom Brady. But you still make big plays when you needed to. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, that interception there at the end. Um, I don't know. I I think the hit to New Orleans losing um, Jameis is just... I don't know, man. It's too. It's, it's, it's one tough. of those... It's where, so tough. Because we've gone back and forth on Jameis the whole year. After week one, he's an MVP. After week two, it's, oh, wait. He's still Jameis. He's crab like Jameis again. And, right. th- and then it's gone back and forth. But I think at the end of the day, he's been you know very serviceable and very reliable for that Saints team. And when you take away a reliable starting quarterback, you take away a lot. Yes. Talking about taking away a lot. Derrick Henry. I, th- this is... Landscape of the NFL significant, I, and I get the idea that you know they're saying, "Oh, well, he might only miss eight weeks." You know, he could be back for the playoffs. The man has a fractured bone in his foot, and as a running back, that is kind of important. And not just a running back, 
but a 6'3", 250-pound mountain of a man. There's a lot of pressure that gets put on that foot because while he's not known for being, you know, the cut hard, he still has to cut. And when you're cutting with 250 pounds on one foot and, oh, there's a broken bone in that foot, he's not, even if he comes back, he's not going to be King Henry. No. And so now you look at this, You last week, it's amazing. If you go back and listen to last week's podcast, we're talking about how, oh, well, the Titans can be a Super Bowl contender even with Ryan Tannehill. Yes, I think they could be a Super Bowl contender with Ryan Tannehill. I do not think they're a Super Bowl contender because of Ryan Tannehill. There's a difference there. And I think now when you look at the Titans, it is... Okay, Ryan Tannehill is now going to have to be the focal point of this offense. Yeah, and I think that's where you run into some problems. He can't just, when in doubt, turn around and hand the ball to Derrick Henry anymore. You look at their next uh, four games. You got Rams, Saints, Texans, and Patriots. There's two two at home. Two and two, hopefully. Yeah, and see, and this is the thing. You You have built up enough right now. Where you have a a two and a half game lead, or no, a three game lead in the South. So I I think that and let's be real. You look at this Colt schedule. Okay, they'll probably beat the Jets. They'll probably beat the Jaguars. But then they have to go Bills and Bucks week eleven and week twelve. So the Colts' best case scenario for them is two and two. And I get that the Titans with Adrian Peterson. This okay, Adrian Peterson is old. Yeah, he I, he's this is a hey, we're gonna bring in this name to try to make it seem like we don't need to completely panic. If you're Tennessee, you have to completely panic because what you've seen this year is that Julio can't stay healthy. Right, Brown's having a hard time staying healthy. So now all of a sudden you're looking at the best running back in the NFL with no debate, is now gone. Yeah. And the Titans won by those slow possession football games. So here's here's my thinking, is that they've built up enough of a lead in this division that they could win the division. So I think we can put Tennessee in the playoffs. I, I think that losing Henry is going to affect them um, based on home field advantage. I think that's going to hurt. Um. But I just I really see Tennessee making the playoffs. But when they get to the playoffs, what Henry do you have? What is he going to be if he is even able to come off of this injury? And if he's able to, what is he like after this injury? Because if you look, so the Titans go Rams, Saints, Texans, Patriots. That's a tough four. Right. Then you've got your bye week 13. Where the Titans get a huge advantage is their weeks 14 through 18. Yeah, that's... Jaguars, Steelers, Niners, Dolphins, Texans. And when you look at that finishing five stretch of games, I think the Titans are a good enough team that they can win those without Derrick Henry. Right. So you look... I'm looking even worst case scenario for the Titans. Even if they lose three out of this next four, they're still probably ending the year on their last eight games five and three. Right. So then what that translates back to the Colts is that the Colts essentially have to finish 8-0. The Colts can't lose again. Right. In order for this division to play out in the Colts' favor. 
And I don't see any world. I mean, the Colts, sure, they gave the Titans a tough time. Okay, whatever, fine. The Colts are not finishing the year undefeated. They're just not. And now they've already lost both of their contests to Tennessee. So in case of a tie, tiebreaker goes to Tennessee. So you basically got to hope if you're the Colts that Tennessee loses out. Because I I see no real opportunity for them to sneak into the playoffs. They're not beating the Bills. They're not beating the Bucks. They're not beating the Cardinals. They're not beating the Raiders. Right. And that's what I mean is that I don't see a real opportunity for them to even sneak in as a wild card no. because of the North and the West. You're and even maybe even the Patriots. Um, I just don't see it happening. So I think you can kind of book it that the Colts season is now officially over. And what's a shame is that they had the Titans mm-hmm. multiple different times. They had the Titans. Carson Wentz is so, so bad. Though. What was he thinking? That backed up to your own two, trying to jump Shut over that. a defender, into a defender, across your body. What was he th- was he thinking might be a better way to No, and it. I don't and this is this is the old Carson Wentz that everyone was like, maybe now that he has an offensive line, which that hasn't really shown either. That he will make better decisions. And he just... He holds on to the ball too long. And then when he holds on to the ball too long, then he tries to force stuff. And it's just... It's just bad, man. He's just bad. And the Colts are are not good with him. And I'd be interested to see if they decide to even move on in the draft or even in free agency to try to get rid of him. Because I just... I don't see it working out. And then the injuries kept on coming for the team. And I will say this. Nobody cares about the Vikings. I want to preface that with the, by saying that nobody cares about the Vikings. But when an elite pass rusher goes down, I, we have to talk about it. Daniel Hunter goes down. He's done for the year. And now all of a sudden, you take 14 and a half sacks per year off of that defensive line. Because the thing that's always made Minnesota a tough place to play is that you have that edge rush. I mean, and this goes back several years um, where they had edge rushers that, hey, they got on your quarterback quick. It was loud. You can't hear. Well, when you take 14 and a half sacks and you take them off that line, that that is a massive loss for the Vikings. Yeah, and when you lose to Cooper Rush, a backup quarterback at home on Sunday night football, Probably not good either if you're Minnesota. I, you know, and, and what really hurts is that you look at, you know, Minnesota. Not, I don't want to say that they were out of the division race and out of the playoff race because they weren't. But again, in seven games played, you're talking about a guy who already had 22 solo tackles, six tackles for losses, and those being sacks. That that's, I mean, he's just your constant threat off that edge. That now you're missing. Yeah, and listen to this next stretch for the no one cares about the Minnesota Vikings. At Ravens, at Chargers, home against Green Bay, at 49ers, at Lions win. But um, Steelers, at Chicago. When? In December. When? Huh? When? Oh, no. Um, we don't lose to Minnesota. Okay. That's just one thing okay. we don't Sorry. do on Monday Sorry. Night Football. I, I forgot. I forgot. No, we don't lose okay. to Minnesota. Um, in at home they play the Rams. Then in Green Bay they finish 
listen to this four-game stretch for them to end the season. I know it's the Bears, but again, Bears play Minnesota really, really well. At, in Chicago, home against the Rams. At Green Bay, home against the Bears. That's a rough four-game stretch to end your season. Because And the thing that kills about the Vikings is, they're as of right now, they're a game out of the playoffs. A half game out of the playoffs. But when you lose an edge rusher like this, because the thing that you're looking at is I don't think that that offense in Minnesota is good enough to start outscoring people. And now when you take away an edge rusher like Daniel Hunter... That, that makes it very, very tough to say, hey, now the Vikings have to outscore people. You brought up, hey, you just got beat by Cooper Rush. This Dak thing kind of snuck up on people. Yeah. Because you're sitting there and kind of all day was, well, hey, if he can go through this full workout, he's going to play. He's going to play. Sunday, really, even all day Sunday was, he's going to play, he's going to play, he's going to play. He goes through the workout. Oh, all of a sudden, hey, Cooper Rush is starting. And you're like, Cooper, who? Who? Yeah. I the kid balled. Give him credit. He though. did. And so now my worry with Dak is okay. But are are you good? Are you good? Are you not good? And that's And here's the thing, if you're not good, then let let him rest because let's be honest, they have this division on lock. Because no one else in that division should probably even be considered an NFL team. If we're being perfectly honest. Yeah, I mean, you literally have a three-and-a-half game lead already on your division. And it, it's only I think it's, it's only the good. second biggest division lead in football. I think the Packers are... No, they're tied. Because Packers are 7-1. and one, Vikings are 3-4. and four. Yeah. So, I mean, you have... So, they're, I mean, they're tied for the biggest division lead in football. There's no reason to push that. No, None. No. And that's the thing where I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, Cooper Rush can go in. He can get you through a game. Right. Which is really all you need. Right. He has enough weapons around him, which that game on Sunday night was fascinating to me. Yeah. Because, again, was a game that the Vikings probably, in all honesty, should have won. Oh, yeah. Should have won. And they still don't. And I texted you, or actually I tweeted at you. I said, if you thought last week's rant was going to be great for no one cares about the Vikings, wait till this one. Here's the thing. I The Vikings kind of take a back seat now. After Monday and Tuesday in the football world. Because after Sunday, you're like, man, these guys blew it again. They're trash. And then it's Monday and Tuesday happened. And you're like, okay, yeah, it's back to the Vikings are kind of the Vikings. We got off on this track because of Daniel Hunter going down. The amount of, I don't necessarily want to say like serious injury, but substantial injuries this year seems to be high. Yeah. It seems to be high. Now, is that, a, I, I don't know what that's a result of. Right. I don't. Now, what some people are saying is, oh, well, there's a there's a quick ramp up because of COVID and this, that, and the other thing. I, I don't know what it is. But you look at week eight, what was week eight in the NFL, and I cannot remember a week with more guys going down to injury, substantial guys going down to injury, right? Than what happened this week. Yeah, it was it was rough, and you know we haven't even talked about Bobby Tunyon yet. No, know? I and that I mean the Packers situation, you which we'll get to a little bit more in the roundtable. It's a circus right now. 
Yeah, but you're seven and one, so you can kind of worry. Correct, and that's again. We'll get to that in a little. But again, you look at it, and I, I don't know what the answer is. Yeah, I don't. And, but one thing I do is that this. You know, we, we talked about last week how who knows what's going to happen these last ten weeks. Right. Well, now we're legit sitting here, and two guys who were in MVP talks between him, Henry, and Jameis are now gone. One of the premier edge rushers in all of football is now gone. I And then you throw in the fact that, hey, the New England Patriots, are they back? <laughs> are they because the char the Chargers were good. Yeah. Everyone said everyone said the Chargers were good. Yep. And then Patriots were like, no 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 no. We're good. Yep. The, I I think the I think honestly I think the Patriots are back, and I think that it's a situation now where it becomes okay. Guess who you're gonna have to go through? You're gonna have to play Bill Belichick in the playoffs. You mu- probably are gonna get him on the road, which helps, right? But <sighs> it's still that man behind the curtain sort of feeling about him, though. Yeah. And it's almost like, you know, in the Star Wars movies, like, yeah, the faces on the villains have changed, but it's still Palpatine behind the curtain pulling these strings all the time. Right. Well, Bill Belichick is Emperor Palpatine right now. Oh, yeah. He literally and figuratively. And, and he's just sitting there and he's like, okay, I had Tom Brady with all these, I don't even want to call them weapons around him because I, I don't really ever think that Tom Brady, besides Gronk, ever really had a substantial... Maybe Randy Moss back in right. the tail end of Moss's career. and but I mean, I it's hard because they're, they're sitting at 500 right now. Right. However, you look at the AFC, the best team in the AFC... We don't know. The Titans were, but now they don't have Derrick Henry. Everyone's sitting there with two, three, four, five losses. Everyone's still in this is the beautiful thing about the AFC. I think you could look at the NFC and you're like, okay, there's a handful of teams right now. And you, I could probably let you pick four NFC teams who would come away with the NFC championship. And one of those four teams will come away with the NFC championship. And I really don't think there's too much debate with that. And the AFC, I have no clue. Well, not only that, you don't even know who's going to make the playoffs. Correct. Because you look at the AFC West and the AFC North, top to bottom, they're at least a 500 division. The team in last place is 4 and 4. The Browns and the Broncos and the Chiefs are all 4 and 4. Then you go Steelers 4 and 3, Bengals 5 and 3, and then Raiders and Ravens are 5 and 2. That's a combination of those two divisions. That that right there, all of those teams would make the playoffs in the NFC. Crazy. And, and so you sit here and you wonder, because for so long we're like, okay, pro- the Steelers probably not going to factor in to the NFC North. <laughs> They're a game out of first place. Right, and they've won three in a row. So, and it's It's one of those things where... I'm, you look at the AFC standings right now. Top four right now, Titans, Raiders, Ravens, Bills. Fine. Could you say out of those, really, I think you have to take the Titans out at this point. 
because I don't think the Titans can do anything substantial with Derrick Henry missing significant time. Yeah, and I think you take the Raiders out as well. I think now after what has taken place over the last 24 hours in in, uh, Las Vegas, it's like... It's just one punch after another for that franchise. Yeah, and so for those of you that don't know, um, Henry Ruggs III was a top pick for the Raiders and this past season, this is his rookie year, correct? And um, second year, sorry, second, second year. yeah. And twelfth um, overall pick, twelfth overall pick, out of Alabama, was a very much so sought after receiver in that draft, and everybody kind of saw him as the next guy. Well, on Monday. Uh, late, late Monday night into early Tuesday morning, um, was indicted on a DUI charge, which he was at one point going 156 miles per hour down a highway in Las Vegas, which then he crashed into a woman and her dog in a car. They were killed on the spot. What was it? I think I got the update from Shefty at like 12, 1 o'clock in the morning that Henry Ruggs III was released by the Raiders. It, it didn't take long. No. And so right there you cut. Kind of, but here's the thing. The Raiders have gone through so much with their head coach. And, and now they're going this. through this. Well, and you It is becoming a, a... You talk about a circus. And... And it's not Circus Soleil. No. And, and here, here's the thing with this situation. Number one, you throw alcohol in the mix, your decision-making goes out the window. He's doubled the legal limit, driving a car that goes fast. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those situations where the most heartbreaking part to me is that it's completely avoidable. Right. And he and here's the thing. He's still a kid. This is a 22-year-old kid. He is not an adult. This is a kid with adult money. With more than adult money. And he doesn't know what to do with adult money. So what does he do? He goes out and, he be, and he's a kid. This is what a kid in college does. He buys a fast car and he buys a lot of booze. Right. And, that- and he parties after, you know, after a game. And, and the, the thing you have to look at now is that he's he's got to live with this the rest of his life. And and I mean, I honestly do not see any NFL team signing him again. Because there is the possibility he gets out of prison after two years. His NFL career should be over. Right, but... The, the sad thing is, is that we've seen in the NFL is that you can do certain things and you can still come back. You can beat your wife, your girlfriend, etc., but if you can win football games, you're coming back. You'll get second, third, fourth, fifth chances. Right. His NFL career should be over. He just killed someone. It is a heartbreaking situation. Right. And one that I again, the worst part is that it's completely avoidable. You were just in Vegas. Yeah. How many Uber, Lyft, oh. taxi drivers? Oh, absolutely. There's hundreds and hundreds of thousands. There's you know, there's 
restaurant bars, there's clubs, there's everything in Vegas, and you see the line of taxis and the line of Ubers and Lyfts, they're waiting for people to make a good decision. That is a good decision. Yeah, you're probably going to have to pay 20 25 bucks. But you know what? It's better than what Henry Ruggs is paying, which is probably the loss of his career, the loss of any opportunity that he will ever have, all because he made one bad decision. A very, very bad decision. And it could all have been avoided if he would have just picked up the phone and called someone to pick him up or called someone to come get him or called for a taxi or an Uber. And it's just, again, this is a 22-year-old kid. A 22-year-old kid with adult money that doesn't know how to be responsible. And this is what happens. And he is now going to pay for it. And, and then you look, he walks away, he's going to spend time in prison, and then it costs a human life. Yeah. And, and you know, there are certain, you, you and I definitely understand, there are things that are bigger than football that are implied with this. Um, getting back to football. Right. Um, the Bengals, are, are, are they still the Bengals? Is there trouble in River City? I see I, because there's two things, all right. Like the Titans turn around, and you know, so the the Titans lost to the Jets, and everyone was like, ah, oh, the 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 and then the Titans turn around, they built the beat the Bills, and they beat the Chiefs. Okay, so th- there's that side of me that I'm like, okay, it's a one game stinker, but boy, this, you got torched by Mike White. Who? Hey, go Hilltoppers. T-O-P-S, tops, tops, tops. Mike White from Western Kentucky University decides, I'm going to go out 405 yards, three touchdowns. You have Mike White in his first career start in the NFL. 45 passing attempts, and the Bengals still lose. Yeah, that's and that's a recipe for failure if you're a first uh, a first career NFL start and you ask a guy to throw 40 plus times it's not normally what you look for so I again I don't know could there be trouble in River City I don't know but hey uh who day now the answer's back or the the question is now asked because we day used to be the response okay well who who day right now because honestly you're you're now five and three you're five and three, and right now the set the fact of the reality for the Cincinnati Bengals, you have a half game lead on the Steelers. You're in second place. You slip up again. You could be looking at being in last place in that division. Yeah, and here's the last little stretch for the Bengals: Ravens, Chiefs, Browns. Could be all big games for all of those teams. Got a capital T. That rhymes with P. And that stands for pool. So River City. And then go north. The mistake on the lake, Cleveland. Y'all had us believing. Y'all had us. I, I think Cleveland's still Cleveland, man. They started three and one. Since that three and one, they're one and three. Their only win against the Bengals. 
gave up 50 against the Chargers. The loss to the Cardinals now looks horrible. And I get people, oh, injury, this, that, and the other. Come on, you can't go one and three and then expect you lost to a Steelers team that not good. I don't know. Yeah. Because everyone's like, oh, Cleveland's going to be clear. I don't know. Because now you got to go Bengals, Patriots, Lions, and Baltimore. You could easily go one and three in that stretch. Now all of a sudden you're five and seven and your season's over. Right. And so these two Ohio teams that everyone's like, oh, uh, they're back. There's going to be a great. And now I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, I think now we can look at the AFC North. Baltimore is clearly the best team in the AFC North. Yeah. I it clearly, and I get people will say, oh, well, they lost here, they lost there. They are the only team that has remained even remotely consistent in that, my, okay, every team has a bad game. Is that safe for us to say yeah. that I, in the course of an 18-week now NFL season, you're bound to have a bad game? Their bad game was against the Bengals. I understand. They looked hor- You have games like that. But you look since that, they beat the Chiefs. That Like, they take care of business. I'm, st- I'm not betting against the Ravens right now. These two Ohio teams going out on them, hot take. First hot take of the day. Two Ohio teams, Bengals, Browns, they're frauds. Absolute frauds. And they're not making the playoffs? I'm not ready to go that far just because of what the AFC is. Yeah. I think it's safe to say only one of those teams could make the playoffs. Yeah. However, if the Steelers keep going like the Steelers are going, then I think it could be safe to say that neither one of those teams makes the playoffs. Um, Can I give a quick little insight? You're talking about the Bengals, right? I am talking about and the Bengals playing the Jets. Did you know there was a bet placed on Mike White leading the NFL in passing yards in Week Eight for a thousand dollars? What was the payout? Oh, the guy's a millionaire now. He's not a millionaire, but he's got to be Mm-mm. close. Mm-mm. Quarter. Mm-mm. Not even that. I thought it was a lot. I thought it was one hundred twenty-six thousand dollars. Okay, so the guy made. I still. And you lost to them. Mm-hmm. If I'm the Bengals, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. And see, that's the thing. We just have chaos now. We nothing in the NFL makes sense because we're moving to our rivalry roundtable now. The, the Bears, the, the Bears are progressing. J- Justin Fields is progressing. I don't know about the rest of the Bears. I tried to warn you. It wasn't a massacre. It was a game. For the... Yeah. I tried to warn you, though, that they were going to lose and that, that they were my lock. I tried to warn you. I know you did. I But, again, I'm with you that Justin Fields, he's, he's, there's those flashes like that fourth down run, which the hyperbole of the greatest run in Chicago Bears history. No, like, that's not true. Calm it down no. on that. Like, Chicago said Sports that? Radio on Monday, it oh. was so annoying, man. People were calling in. It might be a top five run in Bears history. I'm like, oh no, but it was it, it was not at all. But is a great run. It was very impressive for a young quarterback. Yes, to m- be able to make that play. It's very promising. If you s- were right now sitting here and saying who is the best quarterback that was taken in that draft this year, it's Justin Fields. 
I understand you probably might say Mac Jones, but it's not because of who Mac Jones is. It's the system he's playing under. I would put Justin Fields as the better quarterback. I'm not ready to say that. I I think Justin Fields is by far the best quarterback in that draft. Strictly because I think the Bears have played worse competition than what Mac Jones has played. Mm. And I think I don't think you can say after seven or eight games. Well, Justin Fields only has played four. Okay, five. But again, games. I still do not think. What I think about Justin Fields is the same way that I feel about a lot of dual threat quarterbacks. You find a way to stop them. Because look at what's happening to Patrick Mahomes right now. Uh huh. You find a way to stop them. Yeah, I agree. And so I'm sitting here, and that's where now I'm worried. Because if you remember like three years ago, these dual threat quarterbacks were all the rage. Right. Everybody because Patty Mahomes was winning MVPs. Lamar was doing unbelievable things. Everyone wanted the new toy. Where I'm at with Justin Fields is that I need to see his pocket presence get a little bit better. Strictly because he's still taking those big sacks. Now, he's a rookie. He Taking those sacks is fine. Because if, as a Bears fan, I would rather have my quarterback taking sacks than throwing the ball away. Right. A hundred percent would agree with that. Well, throwing picks. I would rather him throw oh, the ball yeah, away. Yeah, sorry. Throwing picks. I just don't... I don't know. And it might be more where my hesitance lies is that I trust who Mac Jones has as his coach. And there's a proven track record there of being able to develop talent. Oh, yeah. I don't trust Matt Nagy as far as well, I can no, throw and I, and I can't throw a man. And so when well, you're talking about best quarterback, I mean, the, the numbers have to be there. And right now, if you're going to give me the ball, five minutes left, have to make a game-winning drive, I'm taking Mac Jones right now. And I want you to ride with your guy. I want you to say Justin Fields. Because Bears fans haven't been able to have anything that even resembles excitement about a quarterback in and my in our lifetime. Ever. I mean Cutler was the Cutler holds every statistical quarterback category in Bears history and it's with yardage, it's by over eleven thousand yards. And so you look at that and I I think Justin Fields has a chance to be a great NFL quarterback. I do. I just right now don't know if I would take Mac Jones over him. Well, and here you would take Mac Jones. Or I would take Mac Jones over well, here's, him. Well yes. here's here's the thing. Don't you find it funny that Justin Fields played so well and Matt Nagy wasn't on the field? <laughs> um, I think that's something to be said, ladies and gentlemen. Well, just the whole play calling in general. I, it you gotta you gotta find a new head coach. And here's the thing: is that this is one of the first. It's one of the first years or first of two years that you could fire a coach midseason and be able to start interviewing guys before the playoffs hit. Like, during the regular season. The Bears need to get a jump. Why would they not? But You have to. You have to find somebody that is going to lead your team and grow your quarterback before anyone else can get their hands on him. Period. Because the the fact of the matter is, is that this coaching staff does not work. They have now had four years... Is it four years now with Nagy or five? It's been four. Four years with Nagy. Yeah. It's safe to say his system does this not work. This is his fourth year. Um, it does not work. Yeah, and I want I want 
Brian DeBole. I want the offensive coordinator from the Buffalo Bills. I want him now. And you look at this, and I think Sunday was a huge letdown for Bears fans. Strictly on the grounds of that was a game that people really, truly thought that the Bears would win. Mm-hmm. And what I'm worried about now is that you look at who the Bears have the rest of the way. And the fact is, it does not get any easier for the Bears. Because we we talked about this um, not too long ago. The fact that the Bears could be looking at being significantly under 500 on Thanksgiving. And I think that that is looking them squarely in the face. Because I if you don't beat Pittsburgh and you drop to 3-6... and six, I don't think you're beating Baltimore. That drops you to three and seven. And then you have to close out the year with Cardinals, Packers, Vikings, Seahawks, Giants, Vikings. Not a lot of wins left on the card. No. I'm going to say that's a good thing. Because if the Bears could find a way to win and still go eight and nine, maybe even seven and ten. There might be that little voice that says, give Nagy another year. No. However, looking at this now, you are very, very, very much looking at 6-11. and 11. Wow. Might be the ceiling for the Bears right now. Which 6-11, and 11, I don't think the McCaskies would even entertain the thought no, especially of keeping after, Nagy. Especially after you fired Lovey Smith after making the, the playoffs. I mean, you know? it's you are if they don't beat the Steelers... You're looking at a five-game losing streak going into Thanksgiving against the Lions. Yeah. No, and I... And you don't want to consider the fact that a five-game losing streak and all that negative energy going into Detroit. Well, to me, there's a possibility they could fire Nagy at the bye. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, Especially... If they lose to Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. If they lose Monday night, I think Tuesday morning we wake up and Matt Nagy is no longer the coach of the Chicago Bears. Yeah. At least for your sanity. Yeah. Because I agree. I feel like there's so much to be optimistic about. There is. With Justin Fields. But I think you look, they got to move some people with trade pieces that people might not want them to trade. They got to trade Allen Robinson. Because right, wrong, and different, he's not jiving. I don't understand how in the world that guy did not get traded on Monday. What? So what are look, we doing? And there's so many pieces there. The the idea, like, because I texted you as soon as I heard about Derek Henry going down. Like, dude, if I'm the Titans, like the Bears have a plethora of young running backs. Even if, like, you're sitting here, if you can get third or fourth round picks for, like, Khalil Herbert or Allen Robinson, you start listening to people. Yeah. Because what the Bears have to do is they have to tear down and rebuild this thing. Right, and you need picks, and you just traded your first round pick next year to get Justin Fields, which, granted, I'm happy you You have did. to do that. Right, but it's like... The fact that they stayed put, I think, also speaks... To the idea, it might be time for Ryan Pace to go too. Oh, there's no doubt. If you if you can't see, but that this is the biggest problem. I think if the McCaskies see that Pace is a seller and he's selling, 
they're like, well, we need someone else to build the team. So I think the way Pace looks at it is, is if I'm going to go down, the ship's going to go down with me. So what he's saying so is, he I'm going to leaves it. I'm leaving it. I'm going to give it the best, which it hurts us in the long run. Yes, no doubt. Um, but I don't know. I'm still. I'm very. I'm. I'm very optimistic because I think now Justin Fields being the quarterback, if you get rid of Nagy, you get rid of Pace, you get some guys into the. You're going to get people excited to come to Chicago and play for. Justin Fields, and I think that helps us. And I think the last couple of weeks, he's put to bed any idea of, oh, well, we might want to bring Andy Dalton back. Because there was that conversation after those first two weeks where they're like, oh, well, as soon as Dalton comes is healthy again, we're going to put him back in the starting lineup. And I think what you see now is that just can't happen. There, no. There's an excitement now on offense that wasn't there. But again, it's just at some point you have to rip off the Band-Aid. Right. And you have to, I, and the longer that this goes, I think you're going to see a fan base that gets more and more fed up. With mediocrity. Because now you have a quarterback and you want to find the pieces. Your defense, unfortunately, is now getting older. And, you know, this is kind of like getting towards that point in like, 2011 when that 2010 defense was you know of Erlacher and Briggs and Tillman and um oh the team who lost the NFC championship game at home or yes or the team that lost in the Super Bowl champion you know is that 05 06 06 yeah um but it's it just it's frustrating from a fan standpoint because you just see so many Great pieces on this team with Fields and Montgomery. And now you got Khalil Herbert, Darnell Mooney. Um, I think Cole Komet is the next best tight end. I really, truly well, do. I think if you look at who you can trade, I don't think you trade Roquan. I think Roquan. No, Roquan's you, you the focal point him. of your defense. You I don't, don't trade Montgomery. You don't trade Mooney. You don't trade Fields. Right. Anyone else, if people start come calling, you'll look at it. Yeah, because I, you're not about now. Right. If you could find a team like a. LA Rams that are selling out trying to go get their guy like Von Miller. It's you so know, stupid. And by it's the way. and it's like you you see that happening and it's like, but I don't I still don't think you trade Khalil Mack. Um I think you just ride it out because if the price is right for Khalil Mack, you trade him. Well yeah, but it's gotta be really, really good. Correct. But I just it's just so frustrating because I just want the Bears to be good. I think they're close. I really, truly do. I just think that they need to realize that, you know. And here's the thing is that, um, so Khalil Mack is under contract till 2025 with the Bears. That's a long time. So it's like. In, fo- in football terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a long So, time. But this is what I'm saying. It's like. You still have him for three more years. You don't trade him. He's such a dynamic player. You take him out of that defense, it just it hurts. Um, so you have Khalil, you have Roquan, um, Jalen Johnson as your um, as a corner and a safety. Um, I think the Bears will be okay if they get some pieces on defense. Um, 
and should, they they gotta make the coaching change. Yeah, and I but I think you keep Sean Desai as your defensive coordinator. I think he's a great young mind. Um, but I think you I think you got to get rid of Bill Lazor. I don't think that he helps offensively. I, I think, think it's he's from that naggy school. It's time it's to just mindset. start fresh, new offensive system. While Justin Fields is young and ready and eager to learn. Get him into a system that's going to work. Because um, the thing is... The recipe for success is what you saw on Sunday. You get play action. You get him outside the pocket. You say, if it's there, throw the ball to the open receiver. If it's not, right. kid, go make a play. Yes. The kid can make plays. He can make guys miss in the open field. That spin move that he put on the defensive end and got upfield for the first down... That's the kind of stuff that everyone's like, oh, Lamar Jackson. Yep. Like when I saw that, I saw Lamar Jackson because he's he is fast. When he gets to the second level, the kid's fast. He's doing a really good job though about getting down, which is exciting to me because yes. in young quarterbacks, that's so hard to instill. Like, hey, I know in college you were able to run over guys. Um, can't you're not it. gonna do that in the NFL. You right. can't do it. You're gonna get hurt. He, he does a really good job about getting down and getting out of bounds. Unless he needs to go get a first down on like third, he he will try to run over guys. Which, again, that always has worried me about those type of quarterbacks. But I'm thrilled that we have Justin Fields. And I'm also thrilled that I purchased a Justin Fields jersey. It's the first Bears jersey. I'm like, hopefully I can wear this for more than two years. So, um, the Bears... They're going to have to win on Monday in order to be back into a playoff contention conversation or anything like that. Um, but, I don't know. It's just... But you're we're still excited in Chicago with what we have. As long as you get rid of the head coach. As long as we get rid of the head coach. We'll be happy. We'll be very happy when we do that. Fair enough. Um, I'm starting the next part of the segment. The Green Bay Packers <laughs> are the best team in football. And if anyone says anything otherwise, you're you're delusional. It's hard for a Bears fan to say this. The Green Bay Packers are the best team in the NFL. Period. You go in, you go to Arizona, you beat a pack, you beat a team without Devontae Adams, without Alan Lazard, without MVS. Aaron Rodgers is throwing to guys that nobody knows. Well, Bears fans know Randall Cobb. Well, that's that, but that's it. That's it. That's, that's the only had. household name he was throwing the ball <laughs> well, to. Well, and then. Halfway through the game, you lose Robert Tunyon. Right, and that and to me, um, hurts them in the long run. I think he is such a huge red zone target for Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think Mercedes Lewis is still a good target. That almost but one-handed catch he made on Thursday night was sick. Was so sick. And I will agree that I almost made a joke. Well, you know, hopefully he's a good target for Jordan Love on Sunday. <laughs> I just, you know, because if it's not enough that you have to go play in the marquee game of the year up to this point with no wide receivers, you're coming off just... Alright, so that game Thursday night was stupid. Just first and foremost, it was stupid. Number one... Okay, let's be real. The Packers had no business winning that game. No! Um, I don't... Okay, really quick... Um, AJ Green, what are you doing? He was watching the scoreboard. <laughs> like, and that so that's my thing. Like, I'm sitting here, I'm like, okay, so the Packers are seven and one. 
Okay, so we're seven and one. We had no business winning on Thursday. And you're like, all right, so maybe it just is in Thursday night after that game was the first time that I allowed myself to think, huh, this might actually be something this year. Because up until now, like the the 38 to 3 against the Saints was still just very, very much on my mind. Um and for those of you that didn't listen, our our guest last week was John Simonovich. Uh, he texted me and said, is Josh even a Packers fan? Because you were tweeting during the game. And he's like, is, is Josh even a Packers fan? He doesn't take Green Bay on third. He doesn't ride with his team. And then it's like, oh, here's, I've seen this story before. But that's, I told him that's just the guy you are. You're the guy that... I prepares. have to mentally prepare. Okay, yeah, you do. So here's where this comes well, from. Well, no, you do. You mentally prepare for the worst. Yes. And if it happens, you can say, I told you so. But if it doesn't... You could say, I don't care if you say I'm wrong. My team won. Ha ha ha. And so I win either way. Right. I would agree. But here's the fact. I picked Green Bay. You picked Arizona. I was right. He he. Correct. <laughs> and I gladly admit that I was wrong. You're because happy like you're you wrong. Because like you said, Packers had no business winning that football game. The Cardinals looked defunct on offense against a Packers defense. What... Who was that Packers defense and what have they done with the Green Bay Packers defense? They shut down Arizona. Now, D-Hop being out for the majority of that game helped. helps because then you see when D-Hop is in, there's a 55-yard pass that probably should have been a touchdown. That's a real soft face mask call if we're being honest about it. And then in the fourth quarter when the Cardinals started coming back, D-Hop was in the game for that too. So, but then I... I start thinking on Thursday, I'm like, there. this might be a team that's just destined for that last dance that, you know, I've talked about all year. Because I'm like, that's a touchdown. It was a perfectly thrown ball. Only okay. A.J. Green could have caught that ball. Perfect back shoulder. All he has to do, turn, look for the ball. And the Packers lose. All that had to happen. But then he doesn't look for the ball. And then I start thinking, I'm like... We just did that without three top 50 wide receivers in football. And here's the thing. Even if, let's say, A.J. Green looks for the ball, catches the ball, touchdown. On our show last week, you said if the Packers lose by 14 or more, you can't say it was because they didn't have Devontae Adams. But you look at that last trip to the red zone, if they have Devontae that last trip to the red oh, zone. Oh, yeah, it's back shoulder game over. Game over, Packers are up by 10. Game. And that's where you could have said, okay, not having Tunyon in that second half, not having Lazard, not having Valdez-Scantling, then not having Tunyon. That's where you look at that and you're like, okay, with those four guys out, that's a different game in the red zone. 100% agree. That was, that was a crazy... Turn of events because I was thinking if Aaron Jones not getting in the end zone is going to cost us in this game, and then I don't, I'm not quite sure what happened on the delay of game call where so they didn't have guys Degura, in. So the tight end who legit people had probably played five total snaps the whole year, he lined up on the wrong side, right? And they had no timeouts left. And by the time that he would... So it either would have been an illegal shift because they would have had a guy going towards the line of scrimmage in motion. Aaron just took that five yards there. And it was just one of those where you're like, how did we win this? Okay, we won the football game. Yeah, and now 
after this, now this week you're f- you're looking at a whole new saga. Because well, my understanding is Devonte still not off the COVID list. He, he's supposed to be cleared uh, tomorrow. He's supposed to return to practice tomorrow. Be cleared for the game Sunday. Okay. Because then you go in and you watch the Chiefs struggle with the New York Giants. Yeah. And you're sitting here and you're like, rest Devontae a week. We can go in. We're fine. Then I'm sitting in a meeting today and I get a text from you. Because I'm disconnected. All I had was like that where you can like send texts on school Wi-Fi. Right. I didn't have any access to the outside world. And all you texted me was Rogers has COVID. And I'm like... What? And then I asked you, I'm like, give me proof. Right. Because I thought you were being you. No. Like, just one of those. <laughs> but like, hey, here's Christian's the thing. I, I I think I've been a lot better this year about that. Yes. I think because of this, too. Because I know I have to come face-to-face with you every week. <laughs> I can't just hide behind a screen. Correct. Um, but, yeah, I got... I, I was um, this, sitting this in class. This situation is so stupid. Yeah, I was sitting in class... I was checking my fantasy team right now because it talk about a, a dumpster fire. My fantasy team, Lord have mercy, hear our prayers. Um, we're in trouble. But I look at my phone and I'm like, Adam Schefter, Aaron Rodgers has COVID and is out for the game on Sunday against the Chiefs. What? So the first person I have to text is you. I'm like, hey, Rodgers has COVID. And you're like, show me proof. That was your exact that, response. That was my exact, show me proof. Yes. So I'm like, okay. So I sent you, I think, a screenshot of Shefty and then Ian Rappaport as well. Um, and I think this this game is going to be so interesting now. I, I I was already excited for the game because it's just, I, I don't care how bad the Chiefs have looked. It's still Mahomes and Rodgers. I was excited. But now it's Mahomes versus Jordan Love. And it's like, huh. This is going to be an interesting thing because if Jordan Love goes out and wins this football game, right? There's zero percent chance that any if if anyone says Aaron Jordan Love goes out and wins this game, they're like, you know what? Trade Aaron Rodgers or do something with Aaron Rodgers. We're just going to roll with Jordan. Not happening. No. But this is a game where if Jordan Love goes out and looks bad, now plays into Aaron Rodgers' hands. No, hundred percent it does. Because now it's like, hey, boys and girls, remember when you drafted this guy and now I only have one year left on my deal? Guess what? If you want to keep me, you're going to have to pay the piper. Okay, so here's let, – let's talk about that situation. I There is now a part of me, having watched Aaron, having watched this team, I think he's coming back. And I think they're going to work things out. And I think he's going to be a Packer for no, life. No chance. I'm telling you, okay, that's 0% not, chance that happens. I also think that if that happens... <laughs> because the one thing that has been keeping some Bears fans alive is the, we don't have to see him forever, he's going to be gone soon. And if it comes back and he signs a three or four year extension... Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be... It's just... I, I, ah, I would love for that. Okay, so anyways, back to the... So situation, it's not looking like he's going to miss two weeks. Because according to the NFL protocol, he has to quarantine for 10 days. So that means that the earliest that he could work out with the team again is Saturday the 13th. 
which you're not going to throw him. Well, okay, it's Aaron Rodgers, so yeah. Could you throw him in with no practice against the Seahawks? Probably. Is that a wise decision? Probably not. Here's my thing. I still think that's a winnable game Sunday for the Packers. Strictly on the grounds of, I don't think the Chiefs are very good. And I think the Chiefs' defense is even worse. Yeah. And you're getting Lazard back. You know, there's different weapons and different things that you can go to. Plus, the Chiefs turn the ball over like it's a pancake on a griddle. Yeah. I mean, it is unbelievable the amount of turnovers they have. And then, so, worst case scenario with this, we get Aaron back for the Vikings week 11. Worst case scenario, the Green Bay Packers are 7-3. and three. Best case scenario for any other team in the division is that they would then be 5 and... I don't want to speak without knowing. Best case scenario is that they would be... Five and four. So worst case scenario, the Packers still have a game and a half lead. With the game at the Vikings, win that one, you move to three and zero in the division. The division's over. Wrap it up against the Bears, Week fourteen, yeah. at home. Right. That's that's the worst case scenario for the Packers right now, which is why this six wins in a row have been or seven wins in a row have been so huge, because now Rodgers goes down to COVID. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Which. If you would have asked me at the beginning of the year, okay, you're going to lose Aaron Rodgers for to COVID like, against oh, the Chiefs and against, against the Chiefs and the Seahawks, I would be like, "We're in trouble, Cotton." Right. We're, and now I'm just like, okay, like I don't want to say it doesn't matter because like the home field side of the playoff thing matters. Okay, but even then, worst case scenario, you're probably going to be a game out of home field. Yeah, and here's the other thing. I think this is a winnable game if it's in Lambeau, but put it in Kansas City, I think it becomes a little bit more difficult. With but George. Kansas City almost lost to the Giants. I know, but I'm just telling you, now they win that game, they're back in the division race, it's a marquee game at 325, I just, it's Patrick Mahomes against Jordan Love. We don't know who Jordan Love is yet. Okay, but it's Patrick Mahomes that turns the ball over, it's a... I mean, you look, Tyreek Hill did nothing in that second half. Yeah, and Travis Kelsey was basically... Non-existent. Yeah. So you look at this, okay, the the Arizona Cardinals have a much better offense than the Kansas City Chiefs. However, they're very similar. Yeah. They're very similar. And what did the Packers just do in Arizona? Yeah, they shut them down. They just went and shut them down. Yeah. So guess what? I'm sitting here and I'm like, that spread of now seven and a half points seems giant. Gigantic. Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't agree. Even with Jordan Love. Because I'm going to leave you, Christian, before we move to one job, with my new phrase for the week. All you need is love, and love is all you need, baby. Uh, yeah, we'll see about that. I don't... I, we'll, I'm, just, I'm interested to see how he plays. It'll be really interesting to see how he plays on the road in San Francisco, or San Francisco, in Kansas City. Um, yeah, I just, we'll see, and again, uh, but as of right now, you heard it here from a Bears fan that the Green Bay Packers are the best team in the NFL, period, until anyone says otherwise, and you can't really make assumptions after this week, because you don't have Aaron Rodgers. Okay, it is now time to move to our next segment of You Had... One One job. job. Joshua, take it away. All right, so 
<sighs> Having just said what I said. August 26th, Aaron Rodgers is giving a press conference in which he was asked, if you, Aaron, have you been vaccinated and what are your thoughts on it? I am not going to get into the should you be. should you should you shouldn't you be because personally, I don't care if you are. I don't care if you're not. Okay, I don't. That's your own personal choice. I love people who are. I love people who aren't. People are people. Where my issue comes up with Aaron Rodgers is that he looked at a reporter and said, yeah, I've been immunized. No, he did not say, I've been vaccinated. Yeah, and um, according to, really quick, um, Big Cat from Barstool Sports, he has dug up on this NFL COVID protocols. That if any non-vaccinated player who says that they are immunized per league rules in accordance with the NFLPA and league office, any player who answers the question, are you vaccinated with, I'm immunized, should hereby forfeit all games in the current season, as well as any Super Bowl trophies, but players allowed to keep all NFC championship losses, and hereby said player will go directly to jail per league rules. Um, This was typed in Big Cat's notes. Um... I just got a kick out of that, and I wanted to say that. Okay. <laughs> so here's my thing. When you have something as divisive as what's going on with this vaccination stuff, when you have the spotlight, it's very, very simple what the answer should have been for Aaron Rodgers. You deflect. You say, you know what? I'm not going to get into that. We have guys in the locker room who are, guys in the locker room who aren't. The important thing is we move together as brothers. We move forward. We attack the day. Right. But instead, you said, yes, I've been immunized. Okay. You can't do that in this day and age and then not have the vaccine. Right. Because you give off. Sure, you did not say, oh, well, I guess technically he didn't say that he was vaccinated. He said that he was uh, immunized, which now it's coming out that some homeopathic nonsense, essentially witch doctor stuff. You can't lie about it. You can't. And that, okay, I don't want to use lie. He lied. He lied. And in this day and age, you can't lie about that stuff. When you are a leader, when you are a prominent figure like that, I'm not saying you have to come out and say, no, I didn't get the fauci algae. You don't have to come back and say, no, I don't have my tracker jacker. You don't have to say that. But you also don't say, yeah, I've been, and fill in the blank after a question of, have you been? The answer is, have you been vaccinated? No, I haven't. Aaron Rodgers, you had one job. Uh, my one job is also going back to the Green Bay Arizona game, and I've already touched on this. Hey, AJ Green, what <laughs> up, bro? So, there's this crazy thing. You're a wide receiver. I don't know if you know this or not, but your job is to catch the football. So, I don't care if it's the two-minute drill. I don't care if you didn't know what the play is. I don't care. All I know is, is if I don't know the play, my eyes at some point during my first two or three steps is going to do what? Look back at the quarterback and be like, hey, I wonder if he handed the ball off. Or, hey, I wonder if he's going to throw the ball to me. Nah, we're just going to block downfield out on the... First off, if you're running the ball from where they are, that guy out there doesn't even matter to block anyway 
period. Unless you're running a sweep to the right in that instance is the only reason that A.J. Green would block. Instead, A.J. Green goes, what up? I'm just going to block if it's cool with you. I'm going to just do this. Next thing you know, Kyler Murray is falling to the ground because he hucked the ball to A.J. Green. Literally a perfect back shoulder throw, right? And A.J. Green's like, guys, I'm just going to go ahead and block this guy. And uh, I'm going to let the Packers guy, he's going to go ahead and catch the ball. Thank you, A.J. Green, for being a worthless wide receiver in clutch time where you made your money in Cincinnati. And now you're in Arizona and you're... (laughs) Guess I'm going to throw it. (coughs) Choking. And costing your team now... The opportunity to have the playoffs run through Arizona. Because as of right now, the the playoffs run through Green Bay. And I'm going to tell you, Arizona, if you have to go to Green Bay to play for an NFC Championship game, it's not going to be toasty and warm. It's going to be cold. Hey, AJ Green, you literally have one, one job. And much like Shakira, our picks don't lie. Uh, mm, last week was not good. I Lots of upsets, lots of weird uh, football games. Um, buddy, you won one week and now you're like eight and seven. Yeah, I was eight and seven. I took a lot of shots last week too and um you know well i you had to you said like hey yeah we got to come back i mean i'm down what eight now i'm 74 and 48 which still that's very respectable yeah but when i'm sitting here at 82 and 40 you're just kind of like yeah meh yeah but we got to give a shout out to uh John John Samadovich won last week, yeah. 10 and 5 on the week. Yeah, hit his upset with New Orleans beating the Bucks. Um but hey, I do want to say though, back to back weeks though. All of our locks hit. Yeah. Back-to-back weeks, maybe, all of our locks hit. Maybe we need to start making parlays with those locks. But with just with the locks. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, uh, coming to us this week is a fan of, I, I don't want to say a poverty franchise, <laughs> um, but, but a franchise who probably is best known for a Wahlberg family movie. Well, they're also Or known- possibly the garbage-picking Field goal kicking Philadelphia phenomenon, the old Disney movie there, a franchise whose glory days were that of Donovan McNabb and Terrell Owens, who gave Michael Vick his second shot. And Philly Philly and Nick Foles. Foles, But just a franchise that you really do feel sorry for because they're from Philadelphia. But at the end of the day, we... Fly, the Lions. Fly <laughs> on the road, on the road to, to victory. He's Jason it. Hug, how are you, man? Good. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. So uh one bite, everybody knows the rules here. Um, we do our picks, just you know, straight little money line. Uh if you are of the uh gambling persuasion to put a little money on a fan duel, on a bar stool, on a Caesars. On a uh, points bet, points bet, draft, draft, 
I mean, my goodness, like this is turning into like pumpkin spice lattes now where everyone has their own spin on it. Yeah. Um, anyways, a couple of interesting matchups uh, lurking this week. Uh, we start with the game that uh, I honestly almost purchased tickets and almost drove to Indianapolis to watch this game tomorrow. Yeah. Not because I think that it's going to be incredibly high quality football, but because I think Mike White might throw for 790 yards. (laughs) I really do. And I think that Carson Wentz might throw for 780 yards. I think that this game could be absolutely insane. If you're going to do over under hammer the over, I'm taking the New York Jets to go into the house that Andrew Luck built and then left. <laughs> Give me the New York Jets. Um, I'm taking the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I think this is a must win for them to stay in any sort of playoff talk. Um, I w- would just hope Carson Wentz maybe hold on to the football and not flip it to anybody this week that is in the opposite color. Um, but I'm taking the Colts. I think they, that Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor's allowed to have a big week this week, right, Jason? Because I played Jason in fantasy last week. And every time Jonathan Taylor had the ball, I was like, please don't score a touchdown this week. He might score four. Um, so give me the Colts. Uh, I also have the Colts going in this one. And as a, owner of a Philadelphia Eagles Carson Wentz jersey. I have a little soft spot for him. And I honestly think that after last week's performance and uh, with how everything's been going for him, he only has like four or five interceptions this year. So he's not often throwing multiple interceptions a game. I just got him kind of finally turning it on, especially with the upside for their division with Derrick Henry being out. The Colts have to take advantage of this if they're going to do anything in that division. Cleveland and Cincinnati, I O H I O the battle of Ohio. Uh, whew, I, this is one of those where you're like, man, I don't think either one of these teams is going in the right direction. Uh, I think Baker's just a little too beat up. I think if the Bengals are going to try to salvage that, Hey, we're still a contender mentality that they want to have. This is a must win for the Bayou. I mean, the Cincinnati Bengals, also known as the Bayou Bengals from uh, two years ago. Give me the Bengals. Um, I'm taking the Bengals as well. I think Baker being beat up. I think there's a lot of things going on in Cleveland. Now, I don't know if you heard about OBJ. Oh, just, he's mad. He's taking his ball and going home. Yeah, he, he's kind of, it's kind of like a Ben Simmons thing in Philadelphia right now. Yep. Um, basketball, that was a basketball joke. Uh, but um, I think the Bengals need this game. Um, I think that playing at home after losing to the Jets, they're going to be coming out. They're going to understand that this is – a must-win game for them. Obviously, it's a must-win for Cleveland, but I think that the Bengals are just better than Cleveland right now. So go ahead and give me who day. I'm also going with the Bengals in this one. I just feel with, as Christian said, how the OBJ thing going down, I think there's just too much distraction in that locker room that they're just going to kind of sit this one out and just hand it to the Bengals. 
The stars at night are clear and bright. Deep in the heart of Texas. How about them Cowboys going to just demolish the Broncos? Um, I don't think it matters who's playing quarterback in this one. No, I think, no. Um, I think Denver almost lost at home to the football team. Yeah. So, Probably should have lost at home to the football team. Yeah. So um, I'm also taking uh, Weedham Boys. Dallas. Weedham Boys. As much as it pains me, I also have to go with the boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's got to be rough, Jason. Oh, I mean, they're—I mean, their defense is finally coming together. And I mean, the Broncos. I mean, who do they really have? Nobody. They, they don't have Von Miller. They don't anymore. have any Von Miller. No. Um, so no, I got nothing. <laughs> uh, last week we had the new segment of ship it to London. Uh, I, I'm going to jump in here and not give us a choice on which game. We are shipping to London this week. No, we're just all going to hop we, on. We all must hop on the train of Houston and Miami. Yeah. Must not be played on American soil. I, you know there, what? There are better high school football games in the state of Indiana on Friday night than what will be played at Hard Rock Stadium, which is not even in Miami. It's in like Miami Gardens, which is like 45 minutes away from Miami. This is a horrible, horrible game. I don't even know where to start with this game. I it, it is a travesty that this will be a football game that is being played that people are forced to watch on TV. Ship it to London. Get this off American soil. They don't know any better in London. Ship it there. I'm going to take Miami just because they're at home. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm going to be in agreement with you. This is, um, this is, if we were going to do the ship it to London segment, this was my number one game. It to, has to be, there's to ship no to other game that's even remotely this bad yeah. in every other game. You at least have one team that might almost sort of be in contention. Yeah. This one, it's the text combined. They're like two and 14. Well, the, the other game that was in my top three was a game we already did. I was going to ship the Jets and Colts to London. I think that was kind of up there too. Um, but yeah. At least this, that has fun storylines. Like, hey, how much are the Jets going to throw for this week? This doesn't even have a fun storyline. Yeah, I'm just going to take the... I'm taking the fire to a Tagovailoa's. I'm taking Miami. I'm impressed you actually said that um, without, I don't like making a complete fool of yourself. Listen, I am a fourth grade educator. I am grammatically inclined. Okay, Jason, please pick. <laughs> I don't agree with Christian being grammatically inclined. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we'll, we'll just call Cindy up and be like, hey, how good was he in fourth grade? Right. <laughs> Not good, Bob. <laughs> I will, I'm also going to go with the Dolphins. I mean, geez. I well, what I a terrible this, football this, game. This Horrible. isn't even going to be on the third TV at Christian's house. No, it, no it's no. not even going to make the third TV. No, it's, it wouldn't not, even be on. Not, the, it's not going to be on Red Zone. Yeah. <laughs> if you had a Ford TV, this might get on the Ford TV. Uh, next game is interesting strictly because I want to see who the Saints are without Jameis. I want to see that. And I still, like, something just peeps in my head, like, hey, Atlanta's not all dead yet. I know they are, but for some reason, I can't get Atlanta out of my head. Hey, World Series champion town, Atlanta, yep. thank goodness, because cheaters should never win. If you cheat at a sport, you should never win. 
Uh, give me the Saints in a very close one, but I'm going to take the Saints at home. Um, I'm taking the Saints as well. I I'm I think the Calvin Ridley saga has really hurt Atlanta. Um, him deciding that he needs to step away from football really hurts their offensive weapons. Uh, when Cordero Patterson and I get that he is he's a threat on the outside, um, but when that is, it's literally him and Matt Ryan. And it's just like, it's just not good in Atlanta right now. So I'm taking new Orleans and barely though. I think it'll be a close game. Yeah. I'm, I'm with the saints. I mean, regardless of who they have at quarterback, they still got Alvin Kamara. And I mean, he does everything for them. And Atlanta, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, they're leading receivers, Kyle Pitts, and he didn't do anything for the first, like, three weeks. Yeah, Kyle Pitts is a good offensive weapon as well. Um, There's no doubt about that. So, playing against the New York Giants will be? The Raiders. Can I – Jason's got to do – Jason, can I get a dude? The Raiders. Yeah. There we go. I was like, like, double trouble in Walla Walla for us today. Uh, this game is interesting. The Giants just paid the Chiefs tough. I don't care. The Giants are terrible. Give me the Raiders. Um, I think we got to be careful. Hopefully, the Raiders don't go speeding down the field. Oh, hey, no, yo, no, 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 no. Views expressed by Christian Lemke are strictly <laughs> that of Christian Lemke and not of everyone um, on this podcast. My goodness. Yeah, uh, the Raiders no, are, are, are – no. that's too soon. The Raiders are in trouble. The Everything with Henry Ruggs we talked about earlier in our, in our show, it's just that and John Gruden and just everything going on in Vegas is just not good. Um, so, aren't you just in Vegas? <laughs> I was just in Vegas. Okay, so mind you, Christian goes to Vegas and Vegas falls apart. The whole world would have bet, no, Christian goes to Vegas and Christian falls apart. No, Christian goes to Vegas and he, you know, when you're facing a storm, you quietly whisper, I am the storm. Well, Christian went and Christian destroyed Vegas. Yeah, sorry, Vegas. Um, I'm taking the Giants. This is my upset pick of the week. Um, I think Vegas is going to be a little rattled about what happened. And I think that the Giants kind of take this as an opportunity. Um, Give me Danny Dimes and the Giants. I'm going with the Raiders. I mean, the Giants, I mean, I I don't know. They ain't going to have Saquon. I mean, their running game is okay. Their wide receivers are, I mean, they get hurt all the time. So who do they really have? I'm just going to go with the Raiders, which is a safe bet for me. New England and Carolina I in a game that I think after last week uh, becomes very interesting. Uh, Palpatine is back, and he's got his new Death Star. Give me the Patriots. Yeah, I'm going with the Patriots, too. I'm all in on New England. Um, I, I really think that Mac Jones is playing well in that system. I think Bill Belichick's got that team playing again to the highest level um carolina is just has just been a mess and sam darnold started off the season so well and it was so promising and now it's kind of just like oh here we go again here's the old sam darnold so uh give me new england 
I'm also going to go with New England. I mean, Mac Jones, he's been playing pretty well this year. I mean, he doesn't throw a lot of picks. Uh, he's he's poised. He's like a – he's literally just like a young Tom Brady. And unless the Panthers somehow can activate Christian McCaffrey by that day, I don't really see him doing, doing anything against the Patriots. And their defense is finally kicking in the gear. Yeah, I saw that they just actually activated Christian McCaffrey from – IR today. Um, I don't know if he's going to be cleared in time for Sunday. Um, but I mean, if he he plays, it could be a completely different game now. Yeah, I would. I think that's why the line changed. I think the line changed and now it's at three and a half. Um, New England minus three and a half. I think it was much larger until this afternoon, and then McCaffrey got activated and then it dropped the line a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see if he ends up giving it a go on Sunday, but if he doesn't, I'm all in with Jason here um, that New England is going to roll if there's no McCaffrey. Christian, I have a wagon. Oh, you know what? Ask Jason because Jason Jason, I, if I need my wagon circled, who should I call? No one circles wagon like the Buffalo Bills. That's really good, Jason. And, 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 for, and for this week's purpose, my explanation is quite short. Buffalo is good at football. Jacksonville is bad at football. Bills by a billion. Um, I'm also taking Buffalo. Jacksonville is bad. Their quarterback looks like a girl. Give me Buffalo. Buffalo. There's really <laughs> nothing else to say. <laughs> oh, our next game. Okay, Jason. So um, you remember how you gave a really good speech at my wedding because you were one of my best men. And, and he had a really good DJ hand on the mic. Yeah, he did. He had a really good DJ. But Jason was my best man. Um, it's At this moment, Jason, I think we just need to take the microphone, hand it to Josh, strap our seatbelts in, and get ready because he's about to go on a rant. Are you ready, Jay? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm All ready right. for anything. All right, so we're going to hand the mic over to Joshua. Joshua Russell, here you go. Your purple pants, your skull clapping chants, and you lose to Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush, you trash can, dumpster fire, poverty ridden franchise known as the Minnesota Vikings. New man on the Minnesota Vikings. Your only claim to fame. Who sings that song? Is it Lizzo? Lizzo. Yeah. Lizzo. She sings about you. You are quoted about by by Lizzo. You just trash can of a franchise. You are going to get mollywhopped by the Baltimore Ravens. Because Christian, there is not a single person on planet Earth who should should support a professional football franchise wearing purple spandex like the Minnesota Vikings. You lost to Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush. I didn't even know Cooper Rush was in the NFL. Did anyone? No. You lost to Cooper Rush. Just a trash can franchise. It is fantastic. They find new ways to lose every single week. Doom, doom. 
Go Vikings! No, you losers. Give me the Ravens by a billion. <laughs> Sorry. Oh man, that that was that was awesome. Um, yeah, Minnesota. Um, when you only put up school, uh, <laughs> when you only put up what thirteen points against the, and I get that Dallas's defense is pretty good. Um, but yeah, no, Minnesota, not Obviously good. Franchise. Um, give me the Ravens, the Dane Mullen Ravens that. I don't know. Jason, what are the odds Dane even knows who the Ravens are playing this week? Uh, that's a, a negative 100%, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dane I don't doesn't know, even he know, doesn't know what football is. <laughs> he claims to be a Ravens fan. He shows up with a Ravens jersey, and I don't even know if he knows when the Ravens play. Yeah, it sounds a lot like Viking fans. He just kind of hangs uh, out and has a good time. That's why we like hey. Dane. But <laughs> go ahead, Jay. It's all yours. I mean, I'm going with the Ravens to win that one. I mean, they've had two weeks to prepare for the Vikings now. So, well, that's good. Cause I mean, if you would have picked the whatever that team is that plays in the twin cities, you would have been kicked off the podcast. I <laughs> fly Eagles fly on the road to victory. Fly Eagles fly. Get him low, hit him high. <laughs> Give me the eagle. Ooh. Give me the Jalen hurt so good. Give me them eagles. Yeah. I think the Chargers are in trouble. They were exposed as frauds this last week. It hurt so good. Give me the eagles. Uh, sorry, Jay. I'm going to go with the Chargers. Um I think, you know, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, Herbert, is Keenan Allen, they get it going this week on the offensive Frost. side. Um, I think this is a very interesting line, though. Minus one and a half. I'm very surprised. Um, Eagles are really put up numbers against the Lions. I get it's against the Lions, but you think about it. The Lions just played the Rams tough. Then they turn around and get Whomped by the Eagles. Think it's going to be a good game. I'm taking the Chargers. I am going to go with my Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, they finally decided to run the ball for the first time all year, and they ran for over 200 yards. I feel like they're going to keep going with that, and the Chargers do not have a very good rush defense. They're giving up a lot of rushing yards this year, and that's what I want to see. And that's what we're going to get. A bunch of rushing yards from Boston Scott and your former Bears player, Jordan Howard. <laughs> the Eagles always just hang on to Jordan Howard. And they whenever do. they need him, they're like, hey, buddy, let's Here's go. Here's practice squad. Here's yeah. practice squad. Yeah, Miles so. Sanders goes out and says, hey, man, you played football. Come on up. Yeah. The Philadelphia practice squad. <laughs> All right, next game uh, is Kansas City and Green Bay. Obviously, huge news about Aaron Rodgers getting Uncle C on um, uh, this afternoon. He is out. It is now Jordan Love's football team. Um, so, with that being said, oh, 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 o
Give me the Patty Mahomes Chiefs by a billion. I think Love comes out, pees down the side of his leg, doesn't know what to do. Kansas City, now having won on Monday, takes that momentum into this game and wallops the Aaron Rodgers-less Green Bay Packers. And Jordan Love's going to be asking after the game if he can get the Rodgers rate, but he can't. Kansas City by a billion. Jason? Ooh. I'm going to have to go with the red foreman from that 70 shows. Packers to lose by a billion to the Kansas City Chiefs because you will not get the Rodgers rate. You're going to get the Mahomes rate, the Patrick rate, and he's going to say, here you go. Here's seven touchdowns in the first half. (laughs) That's fine. Wow. Seven. So so here's my question then. Specifically for you as a Bears fan. For you as a Bears fan. Yeah. Like because okay, so I'm sitting here as a Packers fan, and I'm like, literally, like this is a no lose situation for the Packers. Mm-hmm. We're four games up in the division. Yeah. If we lose this, it's yeah, of course it doesn't we matter. Did. We had no Aaron Rodgers. No, it doesn't matter. You take away the MVP. No, I just really wanted to do the tomahawk chop after That's the Atlanta fine. Braves won the World Christian, Series. Christian, I'm going to hand you my fantasy team right now. I want you to read. Out loud, my fantasy team. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just read my quarterback and my wide receiver. Okay. <laughs> um, I'll, I'm going to start with the wide receivers and work okay. my way up. Uh, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, Devontae Adams. Oh, okay. And then his quarterback is Jordan Law. Because listen to me. <laughs> this is a team of destiny. Because when A.J. Green, who is one of the most standout wide receivers in the NFL, just inexplicably doesn't catch the ball. There's no reason. This is a team of destiny. I am, and I was going to wait, and I'm going to tell you this right now. I am all in on the Green Bay Packers this year. When was the last time I said that to you? This is a team of destiny. So, yeah, I'm riding this week. Because, baby, all you need is love, and love is all you need. The Packers, not just to cover. The Packers on the money line. Go, Pat, go. <laughs> Cardinals in San Francisco. Uh, <laughs> Flip the switch. Cardinals against San Francisco. Cardinals get, again, this line baffles me. Cardinals yeah. only minus one uh, against the Niners. The Niners defense is not good. Uh, give me the Cardinals. Yeah, I'm also taking Arizona. This is kind of like the line last week of the Colts and Titans, where you set, you think, okay, this line is telling me something. It's going to be a close game, but I'm not betting against Kyla Murray. Birds, so give me Kyler Murray's birds. I'm going with the cards as well. I mean, they you now got Zach Ertz. I mean, he's catching touchdowns every week. Give that man the ball, and he will lead you to promised land. <laughs> so, I uh, next Titans and Rams. Uh, 
past week and a half or so kind of a slow time for me as an AD kind of in between seasons right now uh, I've started a rewatch of Game of Thrones and you're looking at me right now like why are you talking about Game of Thrones because in Game of Thrones the whole show loses its mind and starts going crazy when the king leaves the throne well fam the king has left his throne and the titans kingdom is in trouble rams by a billion. Ooh. <laughs> um, I'm also going Rams. I think without Derrick Henry, this is a no-brainer. Um, I like the Rams to cover this week as well. Can My- you think about Aaron Donald off that edge with no respect having to be given to the run game? <gasps> well, that's the thing. It's like I, I, I as a former NF uh, as as a former, but as a, a Bears fan and a I one of my <laughs> like deep down like enjoyments that I used to love was watching Adrian Peterson run the football. Um, just yeah, because, when we were in high school, like I understand that, but I'm just <laughs> saying like the guy ran violently, like that used to be the running back mentality was I'm going to run through you, not around you. I'm going to run through you. That's where I was getting at. You got Adrian Peterson, buddy, you're 10 years too late. A hundred percent. So you don't have a running back. Now it's going to be Ryan Tannehill's Titans. Oh, boy. Um, if you can't get Julio Jones healthy and A.J. Brown isn't going to be A.J. Brown, which last week he was A.J. Brown, but if you, you got to have Julio. You got to get Julio back. You got to get him healthy for any chance of this offense to get going. For that reason, I'm taking the Rams. I mean, I'm going Rams. I mean, Two people. That's all it takes. Man, Stafford, Cup. That's it. I mean, the dude's got ten touchdowns and over nine hundred receiving yards. He's unstoppable this year. No one on the Titans is going to be able to stop that guy. Three rounding out, rounding out the week. The Bears. And the Stillers. Friends, I told you last week there would be a massacre on the midway that Justin Fields would not be able to lead the Bears. And my friends, once again, I was correct. On the shores of the Allegheny River, in the shadow of Coach Cower, Jerome Bettis, Terry Bradshaw, and the host of Steelers that have gone before. The Steelers will return to form. The Steel Curtain will rise again and show the Bears the end of their season. Ladies and gentlemen, Steelers, give me Pittsburgh minus 10. Steelers over the Bears. I'm gonna let Jason, you can go ahead. <laughs> he needs a moment, folks. He needs a moment. Rabbit. I mean, I, I, I've watched a lot of Bears games this year. I've watched all of them. Most, all was they played seven or no, they played eight. I've watched seven with Christian. I've seen this man, the life leave his eyes, the soul escape from his body and go up into the heavens. Uh, I'm actually, I'm going to pick the Steelers to win the game, but 
I'm going to pick the Bears to actually cover. Okay, fair enough. Because the Chicago Bears, they bend, they don't break. Boys and girls, ladies and lassies, children of all ages, welcome to Pittsburgh. Keep those montañas inside the vehicle. <laughs> so, por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Um, <laughs> this, <laughs> this is interesting. The mind, the brain, is a crazy thing. The brain says the season's over. But the heart says to live with your team, to go down in the blue and orange, to fight to the end. The season is not yet over. I know we're three and five. I know the road in front of us is a little bumpy. It's actually quite windy. It might go upside down. Speaking of, we're also looking at maybe a 75 mile an hour jump like on your own rock and roller coaster in Hollywood Studios. But we live for the day. We live for Monday night football. We live for Coach Ditka. We live for sweetness. We live for smoking Jay Cutler. We live for the new, the improved Justin Fields' Bears. These are Justin Fields' Bears. You get on the horse, you ride it. If you get kicked off the horse, Joshua, you know what you do. You don't tell the horse to keep going. You get back on the horse and you ride it home. We are riding this thing home. We are the Chicago Bears. And we are not going down without a fight. The defense comes back this weekend in Pittsburgh. And the Bears get a win on Monday Night Football Justin Fields will be talking with the crew after the game with a game ball. He will throw for 200. He will run for another 100. Wow. This Bears team gets a win, and we're back, baby. And this week, I want Bear Down Chicago Bears intro. After we win on Monday night, we do the show on Tuesday, and we're back. Bear Down Bears by a touchdown. I, th- I wanted you to say by a billion. No, definitely just a touchdown. <laughs> so now our locks of the week, uh, picking against the spread here. Um, again, a couple of interesting ways that uh, one could go with this. I also think you have some games that you're like, yeah, that's probably a lock. Um, but again, baby, when all you need is love, love is all you need. Give me the Packers as my lock this week. Um, my lock this week is Arizona minus one. Uh, I think they cover. I think they bounce back from their disappointing loss at home against Green Bay. I think they win by more than 10. This might be a game where I look at alternate spread. Um, I did say that last week with Tennessee with my lock, but they didn't cover, but they ended up covering the one point. Um, but I'm taking Arizona minus one. I'm actually going to take the Bears plus six. That's going to be my lock. I mean, neither team scores a whole lot, so I think it's just going to be a close game throughout. All right. Well, I, I it's going to be an interesting week. I think you have lots of storylines, lots of coming back, lots of what is the future going to look like. Uh, so, Jason, man, listen, it was great to have you on. Uh, 
Again, I'm sorry that you're a fan of a poverty franchise <laughs> and the NFC East. I, what is it like playing in the worst division in football is, is a question that I've always wanted to ask someone. Well, I mean, it's not too bad. We get a chance to win the division every That's so often. true. And, I mean, you've won a Super Bowl in your lifetime, yeah. something that Christian has no I, clue what it feels like. And I've, I've seen him go to two, play the same team twice, the same Correct. quarterback twice. Correct. So, well, hey, thanks for coming on. Uh, really, I mean, great job with these picks. I think you're locked to beat Christian for sure. Um, but again, that's not saying too much. So uh, from all of us here at LR Weekly, have a great weekend and enjoy the football.